1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name's Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, week six. Is that, is that where we're at? I'm starting to lose track. This is a good part of the season where you can't remember.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's week seven for college football. It's week six in the ACC, though. So
1: we're doing all right. Week six. Let's we yeah. go with week six. Yep. Yeah, um, it should be an interesting slate this weekend. This is the first weekend all year, Mike, that we have every single team in the ACC playing. We have eight games. uh, Seven of them are conference-on-conference action, and that means that the eighth one is Syracuse is an underdog at home to Liberty. So we'll get to that here in a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, what could go wrong there, right? Absolutely. But we do have a full slate, Mike. Let's just go ahead and, and jump right in here. Uh, Right off the top, 7.30 p.m. on ABC, the number 5 North Carolina Tar Heels on the road in Tallahassee. Taking on the Florida State Seminoles, uh, North Carolina, a 13.5-point road favorite. Total is 64. Uh, Mike, are you scared off of 13.5 by going on the road to Tallahassee here?
0: I'm not. Um, Now, I can understand why some people would be, though. It's a letdown spot for North Carolina. They Mm -hmm. had a really high-leverage game against Virginia Tech last weekend at home. They won that game convincingly, and Florida State's not a very good team. So I can see why North Carolina would essentially be looking uh, looking past this game, right, and uh, potentially thinking, okay, we can roll the helmets out there and uh, we can beat Florida State pretty handily. I, I mean, I think that could happen. Um, I would not be surprised to see Florida State covers uh, to cover here. But the, the thing that I – just, you know, keep coming back to in my mind when I'm trying to think about whether or not I'm going to pick Florida State to cover this near two touchdown spread sitting here at 13. Tamorian Terry's out. Like, mm-hmm. scary Terry's not playing. He had a cleanup procedure on his knee, so he's not going to be playing this Saturday against North Carolina. He's been a pretty big benefactor uh, since Jordan Travis entered the starting lineup at quarterback for Florida State. I mean, Terry is Florida State's best receiver, and he's played well with Travis in. Um, it was a slow start to the year for him, but he's really come into his own the last couple of weeks, had a pretty nice game against Notre Dame last weekend. Um, so without him in the lineup, I wonder how Jordan Travis is going to be able to push the ball downfield against this North Carolina defense. With that being said, North Carolina's defense is not very good. Joey, mm-hmm. the rushing defense uh, was boosted a little bit by playing Boston college and Syracuse um, in consecutive weeks, not in that order, but in consecutive weeks or consecutive games rather Um, so the fact that they had three weeks off between games, um, you know, you were thinking North Carolina's defense maybe had some more time to prepare for BC, but BC's just got a terrible rushing offense. And what we saw out of Virginia Tech last Saturday is that the North Carolina rushing defense can be had for able to establish that part of the game, which Florida State hasn't been great at this year, but they can try to figure that part of the game out. And certainly Jordan Travis has been athletic enough to make some plays outside of the pocket and add a little bit of a dimension to the running game from the quarterback position. So there's a path for this game to go over 64 with both defenses that are mediocre in my opinion. Um, But I think I'm on North Carolina to win and cover here. I think it's too much offense. I think with um, the uncertainty of who is going to emerge on the outside for Florida state in this game with Tamari and Terry out, I just have too many questions about how Florida state scores enough points offensively to keep this game close, but I do think it could go over Joey. So over 64 is going to be a, an official play for me this week, and I like UNC to cover here. I'm right there
1: with you on the over. I love that that number. I, I think that Florida State's going to be able to get at least a little bit of theirs, and you know UNC should be okay to keep scoring points like they did last week. But that's the thing that gives me some pause, Mike, is that last week we saw North Carolina come out and just start slinging it and running it and just racking up yards and points like it was nobody's business. That's the first time we've really seen that from North Carolina at all this year um, at least in a consistent way for more than like a quarter at a time so I am a little bit wary like you mentioned I mean it is a little bit of a a letdown spot here after a a pretty big emphatic win um, in what was going to be a tough game last week Um, so I'm I'm a little bit nervous about that there's a couple of trends here that make me nervous as well Um, double digit favorites this year are four and eight against the spread in the ACC home underdogs are six and two against the spread so numbers tell me probably take Florida State, but I think I'm gonna I'm, I'm with you. I'm gonna take North Carolina here. I, I would say if you want to actually bet this game, you might want to wait until the you know after the first like ten minutes of the game, see what you're gonna get from North Carolina. I, I I'm curious because if they come out a little bit flat, like you know Florida State's got the talent. We how often do we have to say that you know they've got the right. talent to. You know, to, to, to ugly this one up, um, Florida State, for what it's worth defensively, giving up upwards of six yards per play uh, on rushing plays. So that's not mm-hmm. a good sign against a North mm-hmm. Carolina team that runs the ball really well. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. I'm going to take North Carolina. I really like the over. Like, that's potential pick of the week territory for me. Yeah. Um, I'll let you know if I want to come back and lock that up later.
0: Yeah, if you're making a bet on this game, bet it on the total, not on the spread. And yeah. I agree with you, Joey. If you're going to bet on the spread, wait until the game starts. Try to get in on a decent live bet and just see what kind of game you're going to get out of North Carolina early. If they come out and jump out to an early 14 nothing lead or something like that, I think it's safe to say they're probably going to cover, but you're also probably not going to get the line of UNC minus 13 anymore either. So yep. just keep that in mind. Yeah. All
1: right, moving on. Uh, moving to 8 o'clock on the ACC Network. Mike, the Boston College Eagles on the road in Blacksburg, taking on your number 23 Virginia Tech Hokies. Hokies, a 12-point favorite here. Total is 62. Um, I mentioned, I think I mentioned on our recap podcast that this feels a little bit like the, uh, the unstoppable force meets the, the uh, immovable object. Uh, I, I feel like Virginia Tech is decidedly a better team here. But Boston College is also covered in all all the ACC games they've played so far. So <laughs> yeah. I, I feel dumb trying to pick against them. Um, I will say, again, total is 62. I like the over in this game as well. Yeah. Um, because what Boston College has done really successfully this year is just get out there and just hook it. Uh, it, is, it is Phil Dracovic throwing to Zay Flowers and Hunter Long. Am I, I think I got that name right. You did. Um and it's it's chunk play here, chunk play there. They're gonna throw it like 50 times a game. Yes, yep. we're still talking about Boston College here.
0: I can't believe it,
1: uh-huh. And we're, we're also talking about throwing it into a hokie secondary that we saw last week has is kind of worn down. And Mike, I don't know if you know anything about who will or won't be back this week, but I need to see Virginia Tech have a pretty outstanding effort against a passing game to really feel like they're going to be able to shut it down uh, here moving forward. So I definitely like the over here. that's for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, the over is another official play for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Take the over in this game. Uh, two defenses that, again, are pretty mediocre. Um, two offenses that can score some points. Uh, Virginia Tech will be getting several members of their secondary back from the two deep, which is very important, at least as the stands. Again, it's 2020, so as we record this on Thursday, they will be getting several members of their secondary back, at least that's the assumption. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, Hendon Hooker was named the starting quarterback, which I guess isn't that big of a surprise. I think that obviously raises the ceiling of the Virginia Tech passing offense quite a bit based off of what we saw from Braxton Burmeister uh, through basically two and a half games. It's pretty clear that Hendon Hooker is the much better quarterback if you want a balanced offense. Um, I don't think Tech's losing a whole lot in the running game with Hooker, and I think they're only adding to the passing game. So I actually think the offense will look better. Something to monitor in this game, so... I mentioned this on the recap. Khalil Herbert didn't run the ball a ton in the first half of the North Carolina game. It was a subject of gripe from a lot of Virginia Tech fans uh, because of how good Herbert has been. He's the nation's leading rusher, and he didn't get a lot of touches in the first half. They remedied that in the second half. He ended up having a really nice game. But I do have my questions about Brad Cornelson maybe outsmarting himself, especially with Hendon Hooker now back in the lineup. Maybe he throws the ball a little bit more, and good, bad, or indifferent, I think Khalil Herbert still needs to be kind of the anchor for the offense, the guy who you kind of turn to and rely upon um, in heavy doses just because of how well he's run the football. But I do think that Hendon Hooker and the passing offense will be in a much better spot. I'm taking Virginia Tech to win cover here. Boston College's running game has not been very good. I mentioned mm-hmm. they were last in the ACC still in rushing offense. They have been very, very poor running the football. But the, um, the thing to watch here is if Virginia Tech's rushing defense, and, and they were kind of iffy against NC State. They were definitely iffy against Duke, and they were flat out bad last week against North Carolina. If they struggle against Boston College's rushing offense, I think it's time to sound the alarms on the rushing defense for Virginia Tech. percent. Uh, so that is kind of an underlying storyline to watch here. Uh, But I think Boston College is a bit too one-dimensional on offense. I think Virginia Tech's defense will bounce back in the spot, and I think the offense will score a lot of points. So give me the Hokies to win and cover. Again, I probably will not be betting on the line in this game, but I will likely be betting on the over-under total here, and I like the over here a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, You mentioned Boston College rushing woes through three Mm -hmm. conference games, one and a half yards per play rushing the ball. Bad. Yeah. Now, that also does cook in a couple of sacks, but, you know, that's, that's part of this, too, is that Phil Dracovic has been getting sacked quite a bit this year. So uh, take that for what it's worth. I think I'm going to go against you here, Mike. I think I'm going to take Boston College. I feel like I'm going to regret it. Um, but I, I am going to take Boston College to keep this within the number. It's just it, 12 points is kind of a lot. Um, again, a Hokies team that we – I haven't seen it yet, you know, from that from that secondary um, in terms of, you know, surviving with, with with some of the struggles that they've had in terms of health and, and yada, yada, yada. Um Clearly, I mean, the Hokies' offense has been a, a lot better, you know, the, the times that Hendon Hooker can be in the game versus Braxton Burmeister. It's much more well-developed. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to regret this. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm going to regret it. This is probably the wrong pick. But Boston College has been a cover machine so far. Uh, Virginia Tech, not not as much. 12 kind of a lot. Um, I was listening to Stanford, Steve, and the Bear, and, and Felica was talking about how – the world is going to be on boston college with such a big number it this off this uh this week yeah i'm that idiot mike i'm the idiot that's going to take boston college I you are it. the
0: world joey you are the world
1: i know i i am yeah. what is it they call him freddie fanny pack just random dude walking around the casino doesn't know a damn thing about what he's doing yeah
0: don't talk about me like that i'm sitting right here <laughs> uh, <laughs> um the, the weird thing about Virginia Tech's offense, and you mentioned—I um, know you were referring to the balance of, of the offense being better under Hooker. I totally agree with you. For sure, it's very—it's very odd that um, going into the North Carolina game, Tech was fourth in the country in yards per play with Burmeister. It was essentially like no passing offense mm-hmm. through the first three weeks of the season or two weeks of the season, I guess, with NC State and Duke. It was the Khalil and Herbert show. It was the Khalil Herbert show, and that's been working out fine. So give him the ball.
1: Give him mm-hmm. the ball. Yeah, this is like ex- we've mentioned this. This is the exact opposite of what I've been mad at Brad Cornelson for for two years. Is now you're good at running the ball, so just keep doing it.
0: Like- right? Yeah, I- I'm curious to see how Boston College's rushing defense holds up here too. That's mm-hmm. something else I'm kind of curious to watch. They haven't been that bad. Um, they've actually been in the top half of the country uh, conference in uh, defensive yards per play against the run. So it's not the worst rushing defense on the planet that Tech's facing this weekend, but I do expect the Hokies to be able to run the ball with some success. They've run it down everybody's throat so far. So, nothing yeah. I've seen suggests that they won't be able to do it against Boston College.
1: That's that's for sure true. Is, the, is Virginia Tech, you know, come sunshine or anything, like they have run the ball extremely well in every game they've played so far. So, right. that's a, a good sign. So, yep. I'll take Boston College in the 12. Uh, you're on Virginia Tech, but I think we both also just really like the over here. Expect
0: a lot of points. Um, yeah,
1: overs have been a uh, popular thing so far this year. So keep that in mind.
0: Yeah, defenses are pretty absent across college football.
1: Yeah, a little bit. All right, let's move on, Mike. At noon on the ACC network, the number thirteen Miami Hurricanes playing host to the Pitt Panthers, and I, I mentioned to this also on the recap, Mike. I have I'm so like not interested in picking this game against the number. 13 and a half, a 13 and a half point home favorite is Miami. Now with Pitt coming to town, totals a paltry 47 and a half. Um, Mike, this is, this is very much the stoppable force versus the movable object is what do you think of Miami coming off a loss versus a Pitt team that hasn't covered yet and has really been pretty disappointing the last two weeks?
0: I mean, I don't think you have to look too far back to see that Pitts should have Miami's full attention. Miami won 16-12 to 12 last year. They obviously lost the game on Black Friday uh, three years ago back in 2017 when they were in the playoff race. And then uh, two years ago, they won the game pretty handily. Miami did. I think mm-hmm. it was like 21-3 or 24-3, something like that. It was a blowout win for the Hurricanes. Um, Pittsburgh should have Miami's full attention. Kenny Pickett upset the Hurricanes as a true freshman playing, probably uh, one of the best games of his life, <laughs> coming in basically off the bench and just slinging the ball all over the field. His numbers weren't like outstanding or anything like that, but he was making some big time plays in that football game as a true freshman. And now it's kind of come full circle. And they're playing a Pittsburgh team that, like you mentioned, like Pitts defense has not been great the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's been quite bad. Um, it, it's been a surprise because I think the one thing we were sure that we could lean on coming into this year was Pittsburgh's defense turning the corner. It was clear last year, especially after game five or so of Pittsburgh season, that they were really starting to figure something out defensively. And it was almost as if Pittsburgh's defense had finally arrived under Pat Narduzzi. It was finally like the Michigan state model. And that, that's something that was touted earlier this year by Alex Kirshner, for example, mm-hmm. saying that Pittsburgh's de- Pittsburgh's finally turned into Michigan state where you know they play good defense and they do enough offensively to win more games than they lose and i still believe that that's the case but the defense hasn't shown me anything to inspire any sort of confidence the last couple of weeks and for as good as clemson's defense was last weekend and they were really good especially in the secondary they were running the routes for the miami receivers i didn't really see anything out of the, the miami offense that gave me a lot of pause outside of penalties And some turnover woes, but there wasn't anything schematically where I looked at Miami and said, oh, my God, like they're they're toast the rest of the year. They can't do X, Y or Z. Well, I think it was just running into a much better opponent. Yeah. Uh, Clemson is just that elite that they made Miami look bad. But the Hurricanes, I thought, generally speaking, hung in there. And Pittsburgh, Joey, is too one dimensional on offense against a good Miami defense for me to be comfortable picking them. The only reason why anybody is going to be picking Pittsburgh on Saturday is because they think that a Miami is just going to overlook them or b like Pittsburgh's just going to play the game of their life. Um, coming off of two bad weeks of defensive football. Mm-hmm. I just don't I just don't see it. I think Miami's much better. I'm picking the Hurricanes and maybe I regret that later. Um, but look, Pitt lost me three bets against NC State 2 weeks ago and I'm not picking Pitt until further notice I, I think you might be with me there
1: yeah Uh oh, like I, I think about like oh I want to take I want to take Pitt and then I'm like oh that feels like a bad idea and then I'm like oh I want to take Miami that feels like a bad idea too um, yeah
0: maybe so, don't bet the spread
1: here yeah man this is a, I mean it's a huge number and you just don't know what you're gonna get I so the thing for me Mike is that I don't think that Miami is necessarily like overlooking Pitt as much as as much as I would say I am wary of what has historically been probably what you could call a mentally weak Miami team, a mentally fragile team. You know, we talked about the idea of them coming off that loss to Florida state and then you let them beat you twice and now you've lost twice. So, you know, throw your hands up and whatever. And all of a sudden you've lost four or five games. Um, I, I don't think Miami's going to be that or do that this year. right? Um, but it's something I'm very nervous about, you know, if I'm taking Miami to cover two touchdowns here. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to point out is that Pitt, in the last two games, has given up upwards of five yards per play in both games. The last two teams to do that in back-to-back weeks against uh, Pittsburgh, week three and week four last year against Penn State and UCF. Like hmm. that, That's the caliber of offense it took to do that last year. This year, it's Boston College and NC State. Um, that's not a great sign. On the other hand, both of them did that by chucking the ball. I mean, almost like 70 80% of their yardage was through, through through the air. Combined, they went for less than 100 rushing yards. So now put that up against a Miami offense that we know wants to run the ball, is really good at running the ball, and has a couple of woes in the passing game. Right. Now put Pittsburgh's offense against a Miami defense that is – well geared to stop whatever nothing Pittsburgh's offense does on a, on a drive to drive basis. And this is where I am just so like conflicted on what to do with this. Um, you're giving me 13 and a half with a Pittsburgh team. That seems like they don't get blown out, but Miami's so much better.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just looking at, I mean, just looking at it on paper, Miami is the much better team and should be the pick, Mm -hmm. but We've seen too many weird Miami games over the last few years. We're almost conditioned to believe that Pitt is going to hang around in this game. Yeah. And this is the kind of game that Pittsburgh tends to hang around in. Weird, mm-hmm. like, weird ACC game. It's a noon game. It's on the road. Nobody expects them to win. Like These are the games that Pittsburgh not only covers, but outright wins. Yeah. I don't think it happens here. But these are the games that we see Pittsburgh time and time again. You're like, oh, you're forgetting about them. Their defense has been really bad. They haven't played well the last couple of weeks. And all of a sudden it's the third quarter and Miami's up seventeen to thirteen and Pitts driving on them. Yeah. Like that's that's the kind of game that we've seen out of Pittsburgh. It's like everybody writes them off and then all of a sudden here they are. Surprise, they just upset Miami. They just beat Clemson in Death Valley. They just this is what they do. Yeah. So it's when, it's,
1: they, you know, when you're watching some other game and it's about five minutes left in the fourth quarter and you look down and see on the bottom line that they're up 24-21 and they've got the ball, yeah, don't look at that and say, what on earth is happening? You know exactly what's happening. Yeah, <laughs> You've seen this game how many times in the past?
0: Yes. Yeah. Like at least once a season for the past like six or seven years. Give me Miami. Probably longer. Yeah.
1: Just give me Miami. I, I, okay. I hate it. I don't want it. But I have to pick something. So let's go with Miami. Don't make me look dumb, please. Um, what do you think of this total? 47 and a half is low
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't know the thing the only thing that gives me pause here is certainly if miami gets out to a bit of a lead i mean if they get up i don't know 24 to 7 like pittsburgh is going to be throwing it and there, I mean, you're going to have a lot of clock stoppages on incomplete passes and you know i don't know um i i kind of lean under but again i think with at least pitts style of offense i'm i'm a little nervous about that
0: yeah i have no idea that that line seems low because of what Miami is capable of doing on offense mm-hmm. but i i could I don't I know. mean I could
1: completely see this being like a twenty four to ten kind of game
0: yeah going I could well too. Under, so yeah, I think it's probably more likely to be under than it is over yeah um i I won't be touching either one of these I don't think so
1: i I'm probably staying away from this game entirely this yeah. this could this could also be another like wait until the first 10 or 15 minutes are over to actually put a live bet in on it. That might, might be a little bit more of a uh, formidable option there. Right. Anyways. All right. We're both on Miami. We don't really have an opinion on the total. Let's keep moving. Mike at noon on ABC coming right off of the college game day intro. We're not getting college game day here at this game. Uh, The number one Clemson Tigers, on the road all the way down in Atlanta, taking on my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Clemson is a 27-point road favorite. Total is 64. Mike, it's a huge number. We've seen Clemson against huge numbers. I am, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of tempted to take Georgia Tech to cover here. I don't think this is going to be particularly close. I think that Clemson's going to win comfortably. But Clemson's got this real bad habit the last couple of years of not really – not blowing teams out that they should and – they're starting to not cover some of these big numbers, even though they're way better on the field.
0: This is the first time Jeff Sims is seeing an elite defense, and I don't think it's going to end well. Clemson wins and covers.
1: That's a valid point. Very valid point.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And I, I'd like to pick Georgia Tech. I'm with you. But, yeah. Jeff Sims and Jameer Gibbs are both really good players, and they're really young players, and they're playing an elite defense for the first time. Mm, don't love that. Yeah. So, the
1: other, the other thing that gives me a little bit of pause here, too, just taking Clemson is I mean, this is a little bit of a letdown spot. It's kind of a letdown spot for both teams, honestly. Um, you know, both had kind of exciting night wins last week um, in front of the home crowd. So, I don't know. I, I could see this being a little bit of a sleepy Clemson effort, but I don't know. Georgia Tech's defense is getting some pieces back and, and improving. Just give me Georgia Tech in the 27. I, again, I don't feel great about it. Um, I don't think they're very, they're even going to threaten to to win the game at any stretch. But you know, maybe the back door's open a little bit late. I don't know. Maybe they can score against Clemson's third string or whatever. <laughs> like you know, that's probably where it's going to be. But I'll, I'll take I'll take Georgia Tech to cover. It doesn't feel like a smart pick. Um, but then again, I mean, Clemson again with these big numbers hadn't gone super great so far.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I agree with everything you said. I mm-hmm. just don't like a true freshman going up against Clemson's defense.
1: Total is sixty-four.
0: Over. Yeah, maybe if anything. Um, I think Clemson can get there by themselves. If they I really to. don't think, I really don't think this is going to go well for Georgia Tech. Yeah, if, might be. So, if if and, Clemson
1: wants to get there by themselves, they can.
0: Right now, that's that's the and that's the big question um, and a reason why I won't be betting the total yeah. is because if they want to get there, they can. If they don't want to get there, they don't have to, um, and they won't. Because if they put in their backups, the backups don't score any points. We've seen this a couple games now where Clemson throws in all their backups and nobody does anything, and then they just sit on a 39 nothing lead against Citadel, yep. or they sit on Wake Forest yep. with all backups and don't cover a big spread there. If Ooh. they want to get there, they can, mm-hmm.
1: but I don't know. Mike, you got to be careful here with Clemson. This is a little bit of a sandwich game.
0: You know who they got coming to town next week? Who do they have coming to town next week?
1: That would be Dino Babers and the Syracuse Orange.
0: Oh, yeah, <laughs> For okay. a primetime matchup, okay. baby. I was thinking, I was thinking, God, the Notre Dame game here already? <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was very confused. No. Okay, well, no. yeah, speaking of murders, that's going to be another murder. Yeah. Um,
1: Whatever. I'll take the points of Georgia Tech, and maybe – I probably won't even watch all of this game. Like, that'll be over middle of the third quarter, so we'll see.
0: I mean, it couldn't be me, but best
1: of luck to you. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's move on, Mike. 230 on NBC. The Louisville Cardinals back at it. Uh, a 17 point road underdog in South Bend taking on the number four Notre Dame fighting Irish. Total is 64.5. 17 enough for Louisville here, Mike?
0: <laughs> Louisville's giving up almost five yards per play on the ground. Notre Dame is the best rushing offense um, that they have likely faced so far. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, Notre Dame wins and covers. This is my pick of the week, Joey. Yeah. Pick of the week. Um, Notre Dame's offense, way too good. Louisville's defense, objectively terrible. We could see a pretty good Ian Book game here. He played well last week um, for Notre Dame against Florida State, whose defense is better than Louisville's. I know we're parsing between two mediocre defenses. Louisville's defense is actually just flat out bad. Yeah. And Notre Dame's defense has been pretty good this year. They were a little rusty in the first half last week, but I thought generally speaking they played pretty well. This is a Louisville offense that tends to turn the football over a little bit, and I think that's a bad recipe in South Bend. So, give me Notre Dame; they win in cover. It's My pick of the week.
1: Yep, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. Louisville looks broken, especially defensively. Um, I, I I still have concerns about Malik Cunningham. I, I don't think he's been as good this year as he was last year for as various a- reasons. Um, Louisville' worst defense in the country in the uh, not in the country, but in the certainly in the conference in terms of defensive yards per play allowed. So I, I, I'm going to have a hard time picking them to keep this one close. Um, they're getting outgained by more than a yard per play, which is a pretty pretty big negative margin there. So, um, yeah, I'm with you. Notre Dame in the 17, total 64 and a half. I kind of lean over.
0: Yeah, I do too.
1: I think Notre Dame could put up, again, like a 50-burger, and then Louisville just got to score a couple touchdowns, which
0: I think they're capable of. Yep. Could you see like forty nine seventeen? Yeah, me too. That's over.
1: Yep, I think that's reasonable. And this game, I mean, remember these teams played last year, and it was game one under Satterfield. Um, it was that Monday night on Labor Day, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. That's L- correct. Louisville played him hat, you know, played them tight and played them tough for the first half to maybe you know forty minutes or so, and then Notre Dame kind of ran away with it afterwards. But um, I that that Louisville team last year seemed like it had a little bit more life to it than this one does. Um, I. I it's hard to say exactly what's different. I mean, Louisville's defense—we've we've pointed out on Twitter before—like they look like structurally broken, like guys that don't know their assignments or are not doing structurally sound things, like setting the edge and just basic defensive concepts. So, I think they can be exploited. Yeah, Notre Dame in the seventeen—I'll I'll lay those points.
0: Notre, Dame, Notre Dame's rushing offense against this Louisville defense should give everybody nightmares.
1: Yeah. Oh, completely. So, warm up that's, the bus. Going on yeah, a it's
0: the it's the big it's the big advantage for Notre Dame against the worst thing that Louisville does defensively, mm-hmm. and it's just I don't like that recipe for Louisville at all. Yep, at all. Yeah.
1: So. Um. So Notre Dame for both of us. Pick of the week for Mike. And what the hell? I'll take the over here. Why not? Ooh. Okay. All right. I'll take the over too. All right. We'll put that as an official play then. Um. All right, Mike. Two more games we got here. Uh, we got to check in on. Um. Uh, where's my lineup? Here we go. 3.30 uh, p.m. on ESPN3. I believe that's on some regional sports programming, whatever you want to do. Uh, the Duke Blue Devils on the road all the way in Raleigh, uh, taking on the NC State Wolfpack. Wolfpack, a four-and-a-half-point home favorite. Total is 60. Uh, Duke coming off of a, a win against Syracuse where they won by two touchdowns despite being minus four in turnovers, which is <laughs> there's a lot going on there.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Says more about Syracuse, doesn't it? It sure does.
1: Uh, NC State been sneaky, kind of impressive this year uh, against the teams that they've played. Mike, give me the Wolfpack.
0: Yeah, Wolfpack here easily. I I think this is like a two touchdown spread. That's how comfortable I am with NC State here. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm saying that because of <laughs> what I saw out of NC State uh, in, in the opener against Virginia Tech, and uh, you know, I, <sighs> yeah, Wolfpack. I just NC State's defense has been playing a little bit better lately. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't been as objectively terrible as maybe I thought they were when I saw Virginia tech open up against them and you know, NC state gives up 42 to wake forest. They put up a really bad performance against Virginia tech. And all of a sudden I'm thinking, Oh my God, NC state's this, this absolutely terrible defense. And I don't think they're, I don't think they're great by any stretch, but um, you know, they give up only 29 points to Pittsburgh, which is again, they got questions on offense and 21 points last week and their best performance of the season against UVA they forced a few turnovers I just think they're trending in a good direction defensively. Some of that might be opponents. Some of it just might be them getting better. But I I just, it's been a little bit better. And Duke just has so many issues turning the football over. It's not just Chase Bryce either with interceptions. It's fumbles from Chase Bryce. It's fumbles from the running backs who have actually been pretty good overall uh, for Duke. But I just have my questions about whether or not they hold onto the ball enough in this game. And I, I like what NC State's been doing offensively with Devin Leary. So I think NC State scores too much here, and I think Duke's going to have trouble keeping up.
1: Yep. I, yeah, this offense has just had a lot more life under Devin Leary. Um, and, I mean, they've been able to run the ball, again, with Ricky Person and, and Bam Knight. So that's a good sign. Duke, I mean, continue to continue to turn it over at a rate that is is almost, like, illegal. Um, it is – ridiculous watching them give the ball away. I'm pulling up the number they've lost so far. Um they've got five more turnovers than anybody else in college football right now. They have nineteen turnovers in five games, Mike. Some say some would say, oh, that's random. At some point it's not random. At some point you're not taking care of the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean Chase Bryce missing high over the middle of the field is not random. It's a recurring thing. So um sure, like elements of turnovers are random. Missing over the middle of the field, which is what he does, just misses high over the middle, is a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. And he's been doing that repeatedly. And at some point, Duke's running backs need to hold on to the football, too. So, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, there's an element of randomness, but also maybe just take care of the ball, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So, NC State there, I think that spread's too low. Um, I, I, I like what I've seen from the Wolfpack so far.
0: Yeah, that's going to be uh, that's an official pick for me, and I'm actually going to be betting that game, I think. Uh,
1: I will look at that as well
0: i'll look at that Um, as well it could get shootouty as well so maybe lean over um total 60 i'm I'm not betting it i'm not picking it but maybe lean over
1: it's worth considering
0: yeah
1: mike four o'clock on the acc network your virginia cavaliers on the road in winston-salem taking on our wake forest steaming Deeks. uva a two and a half point favorite total is 60 and a half mike this line kind of stinks. Shouldn't Virginia be a bigger favorite than this? They should. I mean, they're probably still without Brennan Armstrong, which is a thing.
0: Right, and maybe that's why the line's low, but I don't think there's that big of a drop-off offensively with Lindell Stone at quarterback. Am I wrong for saying that? UVA fans are probably losing their mind over that statement, but I just go off of what (laughs) I've watched. (laughs) Like, the eye test shows me that Brennan Armstrong hasn't really been all that good, and Lindell Stone performed adequately last week. Mike, is Lindell
1: Stone better than Bryce Perkins?
0: Is the backup better than the starter, Joey?
1: Than last year's starter? <laughs> uh,
0: <sighs> man, he might be better than Brent Armstrong, in all seriousness. At least passing the football, he seems to be much more proficient, at least with what we've seen in a very small sample size. Um, Armstrong's a more athletic guy. There's a reason why he's starting over the redshirt junior, Lindell Stone. I get mm-hmm. that. Um, <laughs> he's a backup better than last year's starter. That killed me. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, what makes you think that wake forest wins this game? Cause I'm trying to find answers here. They score a lot on UVA's defense. Cause that's really all I got. I mean, I don't think that defensively wake forest is a stout unit. That's going to all of a sudden just hold Virginia down to less than like 24 points. Do you? No, no. I mean, I, I don't, there's not
1: a lot that I like about this wake forest defense. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like wet napkin territory
0: for them. Gross. Like it's not good.
1: Yeah. Sorry. Family program. Sorry. Sorry. Um, no, like, think what you know. Say what we will about Virginia's offense, and that they're not like a complete unit this year. Like, they're they're going to have their struggles, but this is not a defense that's going to give a whole lot of anybody some problems. Um, right. I mean, if you can block Boogie Basham and and not let him sack your quarterback more than a couple times, like you're in good shape. You're going to move the ball. It's going to be fine. Um, offensively, Wake Forest has had a, a absolute miserable time trying to run the ball. Um, just two and a quarter yards per play running. I mean, in, in two games. And I guess one of those is against Clemson. So take that for what you will, but like still yep. this, this is always going to be a gap year for Wake Forest. And I mean, I, I just can't, I can't pick them. I, I think Virginia is better even with Lindell Stone as a backup. I mean, it tells you something, Mike, when your backup quarterback comes in in the second quarter and ends a game with 54 passing attempts. Yeah, I like, mean, they're going to sling it around a lot. Well, that, but I think to me, it tells me that they trust him. Like, you know, how many times, if, if a backup quarterback comes into a game where you're down a couple scores or whatever, and you stay down a couple scores, at some point you just start running the ball and, and say, let's get out of here, let's go regroup and, and be done with it. You don't chuck right. it 54 times <laughs> right, in right. Like two and a half quarters. So um, I, I like Virginia here. Um, I, there's not a lot to me to like about Wake Forest, and even with the backup, I, I think Virginia's pretty good this year, even in a, in a kind of a rebound year. No, nah, give me the calves.
0: Yeah. And UVA, I think wants to bounce back after a disappointing performance last week with the turnovers and everything else. I think they clean that up here. And I, I like wake forest offense. I do. I, I mean, it's clear that they're missing something without Jamie Newman, without Sage Surratt. It's clear that they're missing something offensively. Um, but the best part of wake forest is going up against the best part of Virginia, which is their defense. Mm-hmm and I like Virginia's offense a lot more than I like Wake Forest's defense at this point, even with the backup quarterback. So UPS pick for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Wake defensively towards the bottom. They're actually somehow fourth from the bottom, but not by much. There's a couple of really terrible defenses in the league this year, but giving up 6.6 yards per play on defense. Um, so that's not great. Yeah. Total yeah. 60 and a half. I might lean over here. I could see this turning into mild shootout territory.
0: Yeah. Um I I could too. I worry about that a little bit because it is a backup quarterback for Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there is some turnover opportunity there and also Wake Forest offense going up against UVA's defense. I think UVA's defense plays well enough to hold Wake Forest down a little bit. I'm not touching that total, I don't think.
1: I mean, we can't be taking our fourth over of the week. So, <laughs>
0: no. I, I would if I were to bet it, I would likely lean under. Let me put it that way I would likely lean under Yeah Okay Because even if you think It's a little bit more High scoring 60 and a half Or whatever you're seeing Joey is a lot of points Yeah
1: I think I'm going to Leave that off Off the board for me as well But it's, I, I see what you're saying I could see a kind of a path To either an over Or an under here So you know Do with it what you will Yep Last game Mike uh, We got one out of conference game As we mentioned And it is The What are we The Liberty Flames, Flames. The Flames That's right
0: Yeah a metaphor for how poorly their school is run.
1: <laughs> Liberty Flames, a two and a three. <laughs> Leave that right there. Leaving it right there. A three and a half point road favorite going into the Carrier Dome, taking on the Syracuse Orange. Uh, total's 52 and a half. Mike, when you look at this and, you're, and you, you think, wow, like Liberty's favored against Syracuse? Somehow, like an, an FBS or an, a, a Power 5 team? And then you realize Liberty's 4-0, Syracuse does not have their quarterback. They don't have Andre Sisko. Um They've just generally looked pretty horrible for a lot of the year. Mike, give me Liberty or give me death.
0: Yep, I'm going with Liberty. I don't want to die. Yeah. Give me Liberty. Um, wow, we're dropping <laughs> old school American history on this podcast. Yeah, Thomas Paine. Uh, I don't know. It, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> liberty wins. Yeah. Um, is it Thomas Paine? Man. Uh, I We're gonna feel like is. idiots after this right
1: let's see uh patrick henry sorry that's another Pat, that's
0: that's why i thought I, I knew thomas Paine wasn't right they're all the patrick same guy. it's fine we, we, yeah all the history buffs listening to this podcast are like oh my god listen to these two babbling so mad that's why we make college football podcasts and not podcasts <laughs> on american history um liberty wins and covers here they are my pick um i am locking that in joey uh syracuse's defense without andre cisco even with andre cisco they were bad and offensively i'm not even sure they know who the starting quarterback's going to be i mean i assume it's going to be rex culpepper but i would not be surprised to see other members of the syracuse quarterback room get in the game as well and they're gonna have to figure it out offensively it's gonna take an adjustment period i think liberty might be quietly a pretty good team here hugh freeze has them coached up well through four games and i think they're going to beat syracuse here um by a couple scores.
1: Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, a Hugh Freeze team like this is going to be able to score some points. Right. And that's more than I can say for Syracuse. Like, Yeah. They, if, if there's anything redeeming about Syracuse this year, it's been their defense, which is actually, again, it's still been decent from a yards per play standpoint in conference, but offensively, man, it is it is the worst offense in the league, and it's not close. Um, yeah. You know, anybody else in the league has got a, a much better, more proficient offense at this point. So
0: – right. Yeah,
1: no, give me give me Liberty. Give me Liberty. I think this is going to be an ugly one for Syracuse.
0: Yeah, it's an average at best Syracuse defense, and offensively, even with Tommy DeVito, it was a mess, mm. and now you don't have him anymore, and I don't know what that looks like. And I worry about Syracuse's back end of the defense against a pretty good Liberty offense without Andre Sisco, um, getting them lined up, et cetera. So, yeah, don't love the spot for Syracuse. I think Liberty could win this game, honestly, by like 10 to 14 points.
1: I think so, too. I think so too. I mean, Syracuse, like their, all of their points this year have pretty much just come on like a deep bomb here, a deep bomb there. Like, it, it, just trying to move the ball down the field has not not been a successful venture for them. So, no, yeah, I'll take Liberty as well here, I, I, and I'm not. I don't feel bad about that at all. I, I just think probably better.
0: Yeah, it brings back shades of the uh, clip in Big Daddy, Joey, when Adam Sandler says he's hit a rough patch in his life. Syracuse is 0-3. This
1: is a rough patch in my life right now, all right? Syracuse is
0: 0-3. I got those medical problems.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, Syracuse <laughs> is actually 1-3, but, uh, yeah, this is bad. This is not a good spot for the Orange.
1: I can't imagine who they would have beaten by now. Yeah. Could be anybody. Yeah. Total's 52 and a half here, Mike. I think we leave that alone. Yep. Uh, Under? Maybe, yeah. I mean, depending on what you think Syracuse's offense can do. Um, don't know. <laughs> literally don't know. Yeah. Uh, total guessing game. I mean, it's just a couple of coverage busts a game that they've been scoring 21, 24 points on. So, you know, I don't know. I'd leave it alone. I don't have any strong opinions there. Yeah. All right, Mike. That's all we got for week six. Um, eight games. We've got a bunch that we agree on, a couple that we kind of disagree on, but I don't feel good about either of them. Um, we got a bunch of overs, no unders. What could possibly go wrong?
0: Yeah, I mean, we agree on all teams outright. Yes, yeah, I agree with that. It, it's We're basically disagreeing on two two spreads that are around 13 points or more. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, big spreads and big numbers and backdoor covers and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Mike, I, I think I'm going to circle back, and I am going to make North Carolina, Florida State over 64 points. I think that's my pick of the week. Um, okay. You've got Notre Dame minus 17 at home against Louisville. That's your pick of the week.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, don't think twice. About this one, just laying a ton Boys of points there girls. in Notre Dame
1: and feeling good yep. about
0: it. Yep. Um. All right, sounds good. Well, that's
1: that's all I got. Anything else before we uh, work on getting out of here? I think we're good. Enjoy the games. Yeah, you too. It should be a should be a fun week. Interesting, you know. There's again a number of really big spreads here, but you know things could always get weird at the ACC.
0: Joey, just try to get yourself a good beer for that nooner mm-hmm. for your Yellow Jackets against Clemson. Try to enjoy something about that experience.
1: Might just like go outside. Go to the pumpkin patch. Go for yeah. a walk. I don't yeah. Know. Check for score updates on my phone, and then turn off my phone after it starts running out of battery because Clemson yeah. keeps scoring.
0: Yeah. Go walk uh, Calvin the dog and Charlie. Yeah. Maybe yeah. do that. I don't know. Maybe so. enjoy enjoy some time with your wife or something outside. and <laughs> Do some yard work. Literally do anything else but watch that game.
1: Well, best of luck to you as well with uh, Virginia Tech, and hopefully things go a little bit better than they did last week.
0: I'm going to be sitting on a pins and needles a bit more i think There, <laughs> potentially
1: not feeling super confident are we
0: no um no just flat out no i'm not this is the, this is the type of game virginia tech always loses so yeah no, don't, don't feel comfortable
1: well and what did we talk about before the season
0: mm-hmm. virginia
1: tech tends to lose a game they shouldn't mm, there it is speaking of i was thinking about this mike and I, i'm gonna just throw this out there i think it's either this weekend or it's next weekend I think Pitt's firing the super weapon. It's at Miami this weekend, or it's home against Notre Dame next weekend. I think Pitt's firing the super weapon. They're going to beat I one of those it, teams.
0: I, I think uh, Notre Dame always has trouble with them. I think, I think it might be Notre Dame. I think it might be. I think uh, that is the type of game Notre Dame's going to come off of a what we assume to be a pretty big win against Louisville. And now they got to play Pittsburgh. And for the second week in a row, Notre Dame's going to be like a two-touchdown favorite. Mm-hmm. This is the type of game that Notre Dame also loses. So, mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh gives Notre Dame hell a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think back to the 2012 year when ND went to the national championship and they literally had to, had Pitt had to miss a late field goal in that game for Notre Dame to survive hmm. in South Bend. They it was like 13 to 10 or something like that. It was low scoring and ugly. But I agree, I agree with you. Just it, if it's not yourself. this weekend. It's next weekend. So brace yourself. And if if it's not either one of these two games. Uh, Pittsburgh is going to have to win a couple here down the stretch to mm-hmm. so make us feel good about Pat and Narduzzi.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, if you can't win a couple of these or something, I mean, could be a little, uh, little, little dicey for Pat coming out of the, yep. out of this year. But we'll see. That's right. All right, Mike. Well, let's go. Uh, go and uh, watch these games, and we'll come back on Sunday and recap them. In the meantime, you guys can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel VT, and together we're at BC Podcast ACC. Y'all can send us an email with questions, comments, concerns, to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Thank you. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Breaker, the Overcast app, wherever find podcasts are sold for free. And, Mike, do you want to tell them where they can find us on the social medias?
0: Facebook, facebook.com slash conference rate review. find all of our podcasts there, Joey.
1: Yes, sir. Please do that. Please do that. Um, Mike, I think that's all I've got. You want to go watch, watch some games and come back and recap them?
0: Yeah, there certainly these games will all go according to plan. So Naturally, yeah. Right. It's
1: the ACC. Everything is orderly and according to plan, like you said.
0: Yeah. I guarantee you there's at least one or two upsets out of the game. We can mark this down, Joey. Mark it down in your little notepad there. There's the going tape. to be at least, at least two upsets this weekend. Ooh. And I don't know what those are going to be, and it means that a couple of our picks are going to be wrong. But there's going to be at least two upsets this weekend. I'm talking outright upsets, not against the spread or anything like that. Just two outright upsets
1: on the field. On the field. So you'll take Duke over NC State, and I'll take yeah, and I'll take Syracuse over Liberty. <laughs> there, there, and there we go. I I did it. Cheater.
0: I solved the ACC Rubik's Cube. There you go. All right, I'm writing this down. We will revisit that on the recap how's that just don't just don't let bbc against tech
1: (laughs) nervous laugh
0: pit against miami okay anyway all
1: right all right mike have a good weekend enjoy the games and we will talk on sunday
0: yep you too bye thank you
1: all right well until then for mr mike mcdaniel i am joey weaver thank you guys so much for listening we'll talk to you again soon and until next time go acc